guys? Hello, welcome back to another episode of Anybody Listening, right? Is that the name of my show? Hell, I don't even remember the name of my own show now. I'm just kidding, guys. I know the name of my show. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's it feel I feel awkward right now. I don't even know what to say or do. It's been so long. It's been several months since the last time I've recorded an episode. Leslie's here in the studio with me. In my studio, I mean bedroom. She's just next to me on the bed. I'm at my desk. I'm in my office. I'm in the recording studio. Um, no, no, um, uh, I missed you guys. <sighs> Drink break. Um, Leslie was just cracking me up because she's a uh, very offensive. Stop, don't even talk about that. <laughs> she's very offensive on TikTok. Leslie has very, uh, uh, cringeworthy TikToks on, uh, where she's canceling people, and she she herself needs to be canceled. Hashtag cancel Leslie. We're gonna get started. I'll tell you guys off screen. I'll tell you guys offline no. why she's canceled. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just kidding, guys. No, Leslie's not canceled. But no. Um, speaking of which, speaking of Leslie, um, it's going to be coming up on a year of your surgery. Mm-hmm. Coming up here. How much have, weight have you lost? Project your voice. A hundred and ten pounds. A hundred and ten. Round of applause, everybody. Round of applause. Start fucking clapping! Round of applause. 110 pounds in a whole year. At this point in time last year, I was shitting bricks. Because I was so scared about your surgery. And because by the time by the time this gets posted, I'm definitely... I, you guys know me. I'm not going to record another episode by December. So it'll pass the year anniversary anyway. So, Well, I was scared for you... In the hospital. Because I was going to be by myself. Because you're going to be by yourself. And so, but you were freaking out money-wise. Mm-hmm. And everything worked out like it always does. You know, I never let things fail. Mm-hmm. You know, not going to freaking. But no, yeah, it's just been crazy. I know the, that yeah, when after the surgery, I posted an episode and to talk about my feelings, my emotions and everything. And I couldn't be more prouder of you. More prouder, more proud of you. Proud of you. Proud of you. I'm very proud of you. Doing really good. You couldn't be prouder. Whatever the word is, you've done really well on your diet. You've stuck to the gym. Mm-hmm. You. It's crazy, and I even had this moment with you. Uh, what was it? A few weeks ago, a month ago or so, where like I was looking through my TikTok. I had a draft of Leslie doing her makeup. Po 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 uh post surgery. Pre-surgery, pre-op, there you go, that's what I was thinking of, and there was a video of you doing your makeup, and I recorded you because there's a scene in Silence of the Lambs where he's doing his makeup, and it's to the song Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus, if I'm not mistaken, and so it's just a funny thing when you see somebody doing your makeup, it's the music, and then the, would you fuck me, I'd fuck me, like, that's just what he says in the movie, you've never seen Silence of the Lambs? No. Jesus Christ. I just know that one part. Because of the office. Yes. Anyway. So, so yeah. So, it's it was a, a I recorded you doing your makeup, putting it to that music. And I was all like, no, nah, I'm not going to post this because Leslie will get offended. Now, knowing what I know now, I could have posted it because she didn't even know what the, what the song was referencing. I was saying you were a, a pedophilic uh, serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cross-dressing pedophilic serial killer. Anyway. Um... But, like, when I recorded that video, you know, whatever, right? And it wasn't until earlier this year. I wouldn't even say earlier this year. A few months ago. Yeah, it was a few months ago. I would say it was in the summer. I'll I'll say it that way. Um, In the summer, 
I was looking through my drafts and I saw that video and I have never, never, ever, ever cared about your weight. I've never looked at it that way. I've never done anything about that. Never bothered me since day one. Never even looked at it. It was never even on my radar. And so, but since you've gone through this surgery, like I said, you've lost 110 pounds. You have such a drastic transformation. Like when you look at pictures, hell, even from just a couple months ago, you're dropping pounds like that. You know, you're dropping so much weight. You know, even when you compare pictures to them, like a couple months ago, you look different. But looking back to where you were at last, you know, November, December, well, the last November, October, you know, drastic change. And I got really, I, I got really emotional. I was at my parents' house. We were watching football or something or we were watching something. I was at my parents' house to watch something with my dad. And um, I got really emotional because I was looking at the video and because the way you were sitting in the stool, you know, you could see your stomach. You could see your stomach was sticking out. Beaver, stop it. And I've never done, and I felt horrible, like I was making fun of you, but I knew that wasn't what the video was. And I just got so happy that you've come a long way. I know that was something you've always struggled with, with your weight. You've always felt really down about yourself. And so I'm just proud of you. So almost a whole year before the surgery. And I, you're, you're smiling at me like you're getting emotional when I told you the same exact no. story. So I'm just very proud of you, babe. So again, round of applause for Leslie, everybody. Round of applause for Leslie. Yay. Yay. What? No. Nothing. All right. So anyway, so enough about Leslie. So I'm not just kidding. <laughs> but no, Leslie's been doing really well. So I mean, that's, that's honestly where I've been this past, these past few months since the last time I've recorded um, an episode. I've just been freaking nose to the floor, grinding it out with work. Leslie's been grinding it out with work too. You know, we don't really have a social life anymore. We don't really go out. We don't really, excuse me, we don't really do anything now, you know? We'll have the occasional dinner with a with a friend, you know, the occasional barbecue at her parents' house. But that's usually about it. Um, you know, even with the even with my magic group, um, haven't really seen my magic group that much. We were consistently going every Friday, but you know, some things changed, so you know, things, you know, uh definitely, you know, kind of got wonky there. One thing I do have to say, uh, my good friend Ray and Joe, they had their first baby, so again congratulations to them that's been a that's been a huge accomplishment and really happy for that too um baby's coming up on two months old our goddaughter our goddaughter wink 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 ray joe wink 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 no i'm just kidding guys i'm just kidding um but yeah no that's been that's been a a huge accomplishment really proud with that Uh, we got to share a lot of moments with them so far too um the night before they went to go get induced we went over to we went over to their house to set up the crib and you know well me and ray set up the crib or excuse me, sorry, Abel, Ray and I, uh, we set up the crib, um, and then we, we put in, you know, uh, picture frames, we set up the furniture, and then Leslie was folding clothes with Joe um, for the baby's clothes and everything to put in the drawers and whatnot, so that was really cool, that was amazing, I'm very, I'm very glad, you know, and I feel very blessed that they allowed us to go out and do that with them the day before they had their baby, which is nuts, and so, and then the same thing too, we were one of the first people, other than their immediate family, we were one of the first people to go see the baby, which that's, it just blows my mind, I've known Ray and Joe, I've known Joe for eight years now, um, I met her way before she started dating Ray, 
And then I've known Ray now for about seven years, give or take. So it's just crazy to see how much of an impact like we've had in those in those years that I've got to share a lot of those moments with them. So that's been amazing too. So I'm very happy with that and couldn't be more thankful. And I'm glad that they had a, a, you know, a beautiful baby girl and that they're super healthy and whatnot. So that's another thing too. Just been dealing with that. Um, dealing with that. Just been, (laughs) it's an inconvenience. Yeah, no, but no, that's been a, that was another amazing thing too, that we got to be a part of. And, you know, like I said, we just, we don't, we don't really do a whole lot. You know, we, we've just kind of been, you know, really keeping to ourselves. You know, Leslie and I have this little motto that I won't get into because it's between us, but, you know, we've really just been focusing on ourselves. You know, if, if there's a lot of personal stuff, like it's like, Hey, you know what? We got stuff we're trying to build towards, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes down to things, it's going to be me and her, you know, we're, we're our own entity. We're our own group. We're the Claire's. We're our own Claire group. You know, we got stuff that we got to focus on. So, um, and those that have me on social media, uh, uh, Facebook, I'll say those that have me on Facebook, I don't post as much. I'll still do my occasional, uh, you know, post where I'm talking about taking a dump or making fun of Leslie and I fake arguments and stuff like that. You know, I'll still do those on occasion. I'm mostly active on Twitter, but really since football season has been going on, you know, that's really all I've been, I've been focused in. You know, I've just been, you know, fucking Ohio State and Atlanta Falcons, which the Falcons aren't too bad. They're still sucking. They're just, after as of recording this, they're just coming off of a loss from the Cincinnati Bengals, which I can't be mad at. They're the Super Bowl runner-ups. But Ohio State, Ohio State's kicking ass. We're in full gear. Um, you know, we're coming up. Big game coming up this Saturday. Penn State, big noon kickoff. That's going to be a really good game. Um, same thing, too. I mean, in addition to... In addition to football, you know, you got the Astros in the World Series. As of this past weekend, the Astros made it to the World Series for the fourth time and in six years. So that's really awesome. Really proud of them there. I'm really excited. You know, I'm a big, you know, uh, which is funny um, because it just uh, a few days ago, actually maybe a week ago. Yeah, literally October 20th is the uh, is the fifth year. No, the fourth year that I've officially been an Astros fan. That's when they, they beat the, if I remember correctly, on my birthday, they had a walk-off home run to beat the New York Yankees in Houston on my birthday. And the next day, remember, we went to go find me the championship, the ALCS championship shirts? The day after the Jonas Brothers concert. No, 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 no. That was, that was last year. This was back in 2019. We went to like a couple of different stores. Mm-hmm. To find yeah. You, to find you it. Because we were at Little Woodrow's. We went to Little Woodrow's for a couple drinks, and I was like, ah, oh, let me watch the end of the game since it's right here. And I had been watching Astros games on and off, and so I made this. And if you have me on Facebook, you might remember I made this big old declaration that I'm going. I'm an Astros fan through and through, through thick and thin. I'm going to be an Astros fan. I've never had an official baseball team. I'm picking the Astros. This is it. And then lo and behold, the cheating scandal came out. And I was like, no, no, I should have picked someone else. But true to my word, I've been an Astros fan through and through. I I watched quite a bit of games that I could watch that Hulu didn't black out throughout the regular season. I watched what I could, um, you know, on TV and whatnot. But, you know, again, when it comes to baseball playoff time, no better time. You know what I mean? And it's just really it's just been so awesome. You got. You got freaking, you know, playoff baseball, you know, you got the NBA coming back, you got football in full swing. And then also, too, as of this past summer, 
I got super into hockey. I don't know if I talked about that last time. I probably didn't. I think I posted about it on Facebook, but I got super wrapped up into hockey. Um, I was, when I was younger, I was obsessed with hockey. I had this, when I was in the Boy Scouts, they gave the Boy Scouts discounted tickets to all the San Antonio Rampage games. So my dad took my brother and I a million times. We went to so many freaking games a season. They must have been super cheap because that was back when we were still living in our old, old house. You know, we were still, we were still on Marbach, you know, and all that kind of stuff was going around, if I remember correctly. But no, we were really, really young. And, um, you know, yeah, we went to a lot of Rampage games and, you know, and I really liked it. And I was a big fan at that time, you know, because of course, the San Antonio Rampage were the AHL, you know, they were the minor league team, but my favorite NHL, the National Hockey League, my favorite team was the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, who are now just the Mighty, or now just the Anaheim Ducks. They're not the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim anymore, but I still call them the Mighty Ducks. Um, you know, I love them and I would watch their games on TV. I remember watching them win the Stanley Cup. You know, I was a huge fan. I had a I had a Mighty Ducks pendant in my in our bedroom. My brother and I's bedroom, I loved them. Favorite hockey team. But all of a sudden, just no rhyme or reason, just stopped watching hockey. I just got out of it. And so this past year, this past summer, I was scrolling through TV. I wasn't quite tired. And I was all like, hey, the Mighty Ducks are playing. And I put it on. And they're all, they were talking about the playoffs. The playoffs were coming up. And I was all like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, hopefully Anaheim made it. And sure enough, Anaheim did not make the playoffs by a long shot. And I'm like, oh, great. I was like, yeah, they won that one Stanley Cup and now they fall into obscurity. But this entire time, I've gotten the alerts on my phone. I get the alerts for the just the Mighty Ducks, just the one team. So I was like, oh, okay, that was cool. And I was like, yeah, I used to watch hockey. And you know, I talked Leslie's ear off about it like I'm doing right now with y'all. And, you know, and sure enough, I, a couple nights later, I was all like, oh, hey, the Rangers and the and the Rangers and the Penguins are playing. Let me go ahead and watch this. It was a game. It was the it was night one. It was the round one game one of the playoffs. And I was like, oh, wow, the playoffs just started. And that game ended up going into, I think, triple overtime. And then, yeah, I was stayed up to like one o'clock in the morning watching the game. Two random teams that I don't care for just watching them. So from that night on. Oh, I was texting my dad about it and my dad started watching it too. But from that night on, my dad and I, we watched every single playoff hockey game. We watched every single game. We followed the playoffs through and through. And so, and as I was watching the playoffs, I started developing a real fondness for the Colorado Avalanche. I was like, man, these guys are a well-oiled machine. These guys are really good. And I was like, I'm really starting to like these guys. And I found myself getting excited to watch the Avalanche play. And so sure enough, the Avalanche make it to the Stanley Cup final. And they play, they, they end up playing, um, they end up playing the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Bud, move. Come on, bud. No, no, no. Move. Come on, bud. I'm recording. Everyone's hearing you be bad. They ended up playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, who were the back-to-back champions. So they were looking to three-peat. And as I was watching, I did not like the Tampa Bay Lightning. I thought they were crybabies. I thought they were dirty players. So I was really pulling for Colorado. And so and I watched, like I said, I, me and my dad, we watched every single playoff game together. And so and I was just like, man. And sure enough, Colorado ended up becoming the champions. And I was, I was 
pumped. You would have acted like I'd been watching this team for my whole life. I was so ecstatic, teary-eyed. I was like, yes, yes. I stayed up super late to watch the, the trophy presentation. Like, I watched it all. Like, I was dedicated. So, same thing. From that night on, my official favorite hockey team is not the Colorado Avalanche. What? What? All this talk? All this talk about them? So here's my thing. With hockey in particular, I'm a little on the fence with a lot of stuff. Cause over the course of over the course of the playoffs, I was rooting for Colorado. Initially, I was rooting for Dallas just because they were the Texas team. They were in the playoffs. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go for Dallas. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow them. I'm gonna like I'm gonna pick Dallas on the on the West Coast, and I want to pick New York on the East Coast. So that's what I was kind of looking at, right? But I was watching everybody. So Dallas ended up getting eliminated. And then, like I said, I started paying more and more attention to the Colorado Avalanche. So I ended up following them. But during that time frame, my parents went to Seattle for their anniversary. And I had made jokes to my dad about getting me a Seattle Kraken shirt. Seattle, the Seattle Kraken are the newest team in the NHL. That was their first year. They didn't make the playoffs, but I had made jokes about getting me a t-shirt. Sure enough, my dad, my parents get back from Seattle and my dad got me a Seattle Kraken t-shirt. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So he got me that shirt. And then I was like, well, I'm not even a Seattle Kraken fan. I've never watched them. And I was all like, I should get a, I should get a Mighty Ducks t-shirt. And I found a, a retro Mighty Ducks t-shirt so I bought myself that. And then for my ba- for my dad's birthday, my parents went to Vegas. So then I was all like, hey, since you got me a Kraken t-shirt, you should get me a Golden Knights t-shirt, the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, as a joke, but my dad got me a Vegas Golden Knights t-shirt. So now, when retrospect to where my fandom lies, I, I'm still going to say my overall favorite team are the Ducks, the Mighty Ducks. That's been my team since I was a little kid. I've always loved them, you know, so I I think I'm going to go with that's going to be my favorite team. However, I am now, I am going to be a dedicated fan to the Colorado Avalanche, to the Dallas Stars, to the Vegas Golden Knights, and to the Seattle Kraken. So pretty much all of the West Coast teams, I'm going to be rooting for. I'm really I was really impressed with a lot of the players. I was really impressed with the game, the games that I saw. So it was really kind of hard for me to pick, you know, just one team. You know, and I definitely don't want to classify myself as an Avalanche fan because I for sure would be a bandwagoner and I don't want to do that. You know, so but also too at the same time in the East Coast, I am still rooting for the New York Rangers, and I put all of these teams on my ESPN app. I made sure that I followed them all, so I get the alerts when the games start, and I get the alerts with the final. And so, really, another cool thing about that is that my dad got really invested in it, too. So now, on the season opener, remember, my dad and I were FaceTiming each other, and we were watching all the different games, because we didn't know this, because with Hulu, Hulu has that bundle where you get ESPN+. Plus. Well, with ESPN Plus, they have an exclusive deal with the NHL to where you can watch out-of-market games, and it gives you everything. So for me, I was watching the Ducks, and I was watching the Ducks broadcast, but my dad was watching the other team's broadcast. We didn't know that until we were like, oh, shit, it gives you everybody. 
So now my dad and I, we're both keeping up with our teams. His team is the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's who he's always gone for. Um, he's always picked that team when we had the old NHL games back on the PS2 and PS1. Um, you know, he's always liked that team. But I think my dad is kind of doing what I'm doing. He's kind of looking at everybody. He's kind of watching all the different teams and whatnot and just kind of paying attention. So I just, and you know, and I've talked about this several times too, just over the past couple years, you know, my dad and I have really developed a strong bond over, over sports, you know, especially with the Ohio State Buckeyes, you know, now that he's retired, we're able to watch every single game together. So no matter what, the Saturdays are a non-negotiable. That's for Ohio State. We have had a couple hiccups this year. This season, we have missed a couple games. But, you know, we've been watching every single game, you know, and when it comes to uh, regular football, you know, NFL, we, we talk nonstop on Sundays. We text each other about all the games we're watching. He doesn't watch NFL Red Zone. I do. He tried it out. He wasn't really a big fan of it. But, you know, we keep in touch with that. I started a fantasy football league this year. You know, I was just like, hey, you know what? I like playing fantasy football, but I'm not really into the money stuff. I'm not really... I don't really like, you know, giving money away because I'm decent, you know. I I know enough football to get by. I definitely consider myself a diehard football fan, but I'm not paying attention to every single stat line. I don't get that invested. You know what I mean? Like there's guys that are super extreme into it, which is definitely awesome. That's that's totally fine, but I'm not I'm not watching their Twitters. I'm not freaking following them on Instagram and shit. To see like, oh, well, so-and-so was out until 1 a.m. last night. He posted on a story at this time and he was at this club. Oh, he's not going to play well. No, I don't get like that, you know. Um, but definitely I follow a lot of the stuff and I'll pay attention to injuries and whatnot. But no, I'm not like that. And so just over the course of the past few years, I've bounced around kind of from league to league. And every league has been different. I've been in leagues as cheap as 5 bucks. 10 bucks, 20 bucks. But then there's been some leagues where like they want to go above that, like, oh, 100, $200. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't just throw around just, I can't justify just throwing around $200 on one shot. That's, that's just throwing $200 down the drain. Yeah, there's always the possibility, oh, you can win. I'm not a gambler like that. The hell was that? Did you hear that? Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard that. There was like a loud crash, and now there's a bunch of stomping upstairs. I don't know. I'm recording here. Keep it down. So anyway, so um, so yeah, I just can't do that. I can't justify you know throwing out that kind of money like that, just all willy nilly. So I was like, you know what? I've always liked the shit talking side to fantasy football. I like the I like the smack talk, the bragging rights. I've always liked that. I'm a huge fan of the league. I started watching that show like late middle school, early early high school. Whenever that show came out, I started watching it, and I loved that show. I loved the rapport that they had. You know, just the the ugliness, the mean shit talking, just all the trash talk in the world, being real rude to your bros. That's what I love. That's what, that camaraderie I love about fantasy football, and that's always something that I wanted. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a fantasy football league and that's no money, no prizes, and also too, no punishments. You know, that's kind of risen in popularity too over the past few years, you know, like making the loser of the fantasy league, you know, do something crazy, you know, kind of have this crazy punishment for being in last place. Yeah, that stuff is funny. You know, definitely there's harmless things you can do, 
But I'm like, eh, no, no, no. I don't want anybody to worry about that kind of shit. I just want to do a fantasy football league where it's just pure bragging rights, pure shit talk, you know? And I was like, and I want a group of guys that, you know, is going to do that, that is going to be a part of that and really have fun with it. And at, at first when I posted it, I didn't really get a lot of hits. You know, I got a couple people I knew were going to join and I was like, okay, cool. But like on a dime, everything switched. Sure enough, the fucking league was filled. You know, I got, I got some close friends, got some family members. My dad joined it. I was really happy. My dad joined the league. I was really happy about that. And so, yeah. And so then we just got some filler spots. So now knowing, and I got a bunch of messages and stuff after the league, after guys, you know, after we did our draft and after we had the league filled, I got a bunch of messages of people still wanting to join. So next season here, here's the formal invitation for next season. Next season, I am going to post on Facebook and whatnot that we're going to be expanding. We're going to have a bigger league. You know, we're going to make it fun for everybody. So if you want to join in, let me know now. And that way I can lock in a spot for you for next season. You know, and as we get closer towards the end of this season too, I'm going to ask the league, hey, is there anyone that does want to participate in the BBL? That's what the league is. The in the Brazilian, <laughs> I was about to say the real name. The Bozos and Bums League. That's the official name of my league. I'm the commissioner. And so we had a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun with it. I'm getting to know some of the guys I didn't know um, originally. Uh, you know, a couple of Leslie's uh, friends, boyfriends and fiancés, they're in the group. You know, so got to know them. So that's really cool. So, and that's another thing too, you know, that's another thing me and my dad have bonded a lot about lately is, you know, fantasy football. All the different players and whatnot, all the bragging, the shit talking and everything. So, that's been a lot of fun. That's really what I've been focused on, you know, is just doing all of that kind of stuff. I've just been really sports focused, you know, and, um, and I've really enjoyed it. So I'm trying to think what else we've been doing. What? I mean, and then also too, I mean, kind of the more bigger, the bigger things, you know, kind of the more fun notes. I know one thing I did talk about for sure last year is that I, you know, we got the Iron Maiden tickets. I went to that show with my dad in Austin. Amazing. Chef's kiss as always. You know, Iron Maiden is always an amazing band live. You know, um, they performed a few new songs off their album Sinjetsu. And just here in the in the last couple weeks, they already have plans to announce another tour for 2023 called the Days of Futures Past Tour. And it's going to be focusing on the newest album. Plus, they're also going to be doing deep cuts from the Stranger in a Strange Land tour, they're going to be doing deeper cuts from the catalog, which I am so pumped for. That's the kind of tour that, you know, I like that I have the most fun on Iron Maiden. And Iron Maiden, since I've been seeing them, that's usually the trend that they do. They do a tour for their new album, then they do a greatest hits tour. Then they do a new album tour, then they do a greatest hits tour. So since 2019, that's initially when they were doing their greatest hits, the Legacy of the Beast tour, you know, all their big hits and whatnot. So when Senjutsu came out before COVID, or as Senjutsu was coming out before COVID, obviously that means they were going to do a Senjutsu tour, a new tour. But of course, COVID happened. They, you know, it canceled the majority of the Legacy of the Beast tour. So that's the tour that they picked up on. That's what they've been doing this entire 2022 is the Legacy of the Beast tour for the cities that didn't get to go because of COVID. And so that's why they went to Austin. So that's, yeah, me and my dad went there, a lot of fun, amazing. Then literally that Saturday after Iron Maiden, I went to go see Rammstein. 
with uh with my good buddy Jason and that was a that was a trip too. That one we had those tickets back in December of 2019. Jason and I bought those tickets years ago and it was fucking Yeah, cuz I think you were supposed to go and it was the either the week before or the or the week of that we got married. Something like that. Yeah, it, it was, was like close around, it was like around it was around our initial mar- it was around our our wedding day. And so yeah, so Jason and I were going to go, and so, but of course, it got postponed to 2021. Then it got postponed to 2022. So it finally happened, and man, that was that was the best fucking show ever. You know, I I consider myself a big Ramstein fan. I've been listening to them. Yes, when I was younger, Du Hast is the song that got me into them. Like a lot of other people, that's the song that everybody knows is Du Hast. But you know, um, I just remember those days, like uh, with Rock Band or Guitar Hero, whichever one you know, playing Weidman's Heil with my brother, you know, my brother was on drums, I was on guitar, you know, I got really into them, they did a song for the movie Nymphomaniac, directed by Lars von Trier, so I, I've always been a big Ramstein fan, and so, and they, they're new, they're notorious for their shows, they have extraordinary shows with just the pyrotechnics, the, the show that they put on, like, the things that they do in between songs and whatnot, like they're that's always like a big oh my gosh like kind of similar to kiss in the eight the 70s and 80s all the pyro the spitting of blood the spitting of fire things like that that's what is like the ramstein is the modern day kiss when it comes to their performance so that's what i was super pumped for and holy hell did they deliver it was so worth the two-year wait you know three almost three-year wait to go see them um, you know, it was just so fucking awesome. Yeah, we sat kind of far away, but I don't care about where we sat, you know, cause you can hear them. It was fucking loud and you can see them too. I mean, we, I was completely happy, you know, with where we were at. I, I couldn't have asked for a better, you know, a better concert. It was so fucking good. And then after the show, it was the same day of the Can- uh, Canelo's most recent fight. So after the show, Jason and I, we went over to LB's house, had some brewskis, had some fun, got got a little turnt, got a little lit there and freaking yeah so it, it was such a great night overall so it was, it was really fun um had a blast doing that and then the biggest thing that leslie and i did um together we went to acl a couple weeks ago we went to austin city limits which was more of a trip for her um i wasn't too thrilled about the lineup um you know when they first announced it the only people i really knew were red hot chili peppers Lil Nas X, uh, Diplo, Pink, um, the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, um, you know, they were, they were all on the lineup and I was like, okay, that's cool. But everyone else I didn't care for. Like, I don't care about Paramore. I don't care about those. You shut your mouth. I don't care about those TikTok artists. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what it was. It was just like a social media concert. It was like, oh, we're going to take all the people who had a popular song on TikTok and we're going to put them on one lineup. That's what ACL went out to do this year, I felt. So then the day-by-day lineup came out. And I was like, man, I have to wait all weekend for Sunday to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I've seen Diplo a million times. I've seen him as Diplo, Major Lazer. I've seen him when Jack U. All old and depleted. I've seen him a million times. I could do whatever without him. You know what I mean? Big Gigantic I've seen before. Uh, Flume, I've glanced at, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen a lot of those uh, EDM artists. Um, Lil Nas X was a really good show. Out of all the shows that weekend, I would say Lil Nas X was my favorite one. Um, Paramore did a decent show. Um, I only know a couple songs, 
but you know Leslie had a blast and then the Red Hot Chili Peppers was kind of disappointing. They started off with their with their old stuff, their classics, and then they moved into like a lot of their new stuff, which let's be honest, I don't listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers. I like them for their old music. That's what I was there to see. I don't care about their new album. I'm not going to check it out. Their new album, the songs they played did not make me want to go check it out. So, eh. So it was really kind of a, overall, I mean, I did have fun. We were out of town. We were on a little vacation, just me and her. Three-day weekend. I had a blast on that regard. And also, too, it kind of goes back to what I've been doing in my spare time here lately. Um, I've been getting really into collecting the Monster Jam trucks, the little toy trucks. I've been, I've been, I don't know what came over me or what really kind of sparked this childlike enthusiasm when it comes to this, but out of the blue, I was like, I have to have all the grave diggers. I have to have these cars. This truck is cool. Oh my God, it's Monster Mutt. Oh my God, it's Maximum Destruction. I have to have it. So I am obsessed now with monster trucks. And so my whole wall is practically covered in Monster Jam trucks, two packs and singles. I have a big ass, uh, a big ass grave digger here. I got two of the Lego sets. Leslie got them for me for my birthday. Which, again, Leslie capitalized on my current interest to get me a slam dunk birthday gift, just like how she did with Magic a couple years ago. Um, she got me the El Toro Loco and the Megalodon Lego set, because uh, Monster Jam did a partnership with uh, Lego. She really wanted to get me the Gravedigger one, but they're sold out everywhere. We can't find those, which, of course, the Gravedigger has always been my favorite monster truck since I was little. So, um, so yeah, I've been really obsessed, and so the best part of that weekend at ACL was we went to Target to go buy some snacks, to go buy some necessities for the hotel room. And I was like, you know what? I want to check out what their monster truck location, what their monster truck situation here. Oh my God. I hit the fucking mother load of monster trucks. I was like, holy hell. I bought eight different monster truck toys out there. Two packs and singles combined. I bought a bunch of stuff out there. I spent almost 50 bucks on fucking monster tuck toys. Can you believe that? Freaking, oh man, but it was so worth it. I, I'm just, I'm really obsessed with them here lately. And Monster Jam is coming to San Antonio in January, like they always do, an annual tradition, and I'm going to be there. I have to be there. There's no, ex, no if, ands, or buts. I have to be there at Monster Jam. Um, I just, I fucking love it so, 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 so much. <laughs> and so, um, and also too, coming in, coming to San Antonio in January, um, is the Royal Rumble, which is really cool. I think I talked about that last time, or maybe I shared it on Facebook again. It's been so long, I don't remember everything that I've talked about on this show. So um, so that's really exciting. I'm really pumped for that. Um, I can't wait. Royal Rumble has a little, kind of has an asterisk. It's kind of up on the wall. It's a to-do. I want to do it, but it's just so expensive. I guess in my old age, I'm just getting frugal now. I can't justify spending that much money on something I could watch at home for free. I'm getting into that age. So, yeah, with something like stuff with like WWE, that kind of stuff I can put on pause. AEW just announced that they're coming back to San Antonio too, um which obviously I will want to go to in a heartbeat, but I'm like, "Ah, eh, I just went and saw them back in March." I'm like, "Ah, eh, maybe I could wait." Maybe I could wait. I don't know. Leslie's shaking her head no. Which you didn't even have fun at AEW. Yeah, I did. You just sat there. I had fun. You booed Britt Baker. That's a horrible night. You can't boo, you can't boo Britt Baker. 
who Leslie is convinced I'm in love with, which I am you not. You are in love with her, David. Just admit it. Okay? She's not. I'll she's be, not Latina. I'll be fine. She's I'll not fine. Latina. I know you're into her. It's okay. I'm into her boyfriend. I love Adam you're, Cole. You're into her. No, I'm not. Strike this from the record. Strike this from the record. I was like, you know what? The freaking judge in this case is better than Britt Baker is. I don't know if this chick is Latina or not. She's making a face. Beerus is making a face at me too. I'm not in love with Britt Baker. Yeah, see, Beerus is giving me an ugly look. You can't even look at me right now. I'm not in love with anybody else. Hey, you know what? Get out of the studio. Get out of here. You're canceled. I'm gonna tell everyone why you're canceled. No. <laughs> yeah, see? Shut your mouth, shut your mouth. Little drink break, little drink break. Uh, show's brought to you by Sprite. I just got back from the store. And it's funny, it's funny I said at the beginning, I was all like, oh, I haven't been, yo, we don't go out and party or do anything. This Saturday, we're going to a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. We're going to be Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Which, uh, I don't know what inspired that, but Leslie won't let me be Mermaid Man. I want to be Mermaid Man. But I'm the fat old one. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Oh, you've been calling me fat 24-7 here lately. I have not. Yes, you when have. Was the last time I called you fat. Well, when I switched over to 2XLs, you went, damn. No, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, you're acting brand new. You're acting brand new just because just cause now it's going on record. Mm-hmm. Because it's being publicized. You're acting crazy. But no, so, uh, yeah, we went and bought some basic stuff for the costumes. Probably have to order some stuff off Amazon to complete the look. Um, but yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to a Halloween party on a Saturday to just go hang out and whatnot. Have an excuse for me to get fucked up. I haven't been drinking, guys. Let's talk about this. It's actually really important. I haven't been drinking anything. It's been sucking. I'll have the occasional one, two beers here, and then I'm topping myself, I'm like, you know what, no, I'm good, I'm, I'm topped off, I'm good, very disappointed in myself, but at the same time, I'm like, no, I want to get fucked up, I miss being drunk, it sounds all like an alcoholic, I miss it, I need it, like, I just miss drinking in general, like, I miss, you know, having an excuse to drink, you know, and whatnot, you know, whether it be mixed drinks, angry orchards, you know, whatever, <clears throat> excuse me, I just, I miss drinking like I used to. Um, and I think I could chalk that up to old age too, but I know some of you fuckers are older than me and you guys are pounding them every single weekend. So it definitely can't be an age thing. Um, I don't know. It's just been really tough. It's just been really kind of hard to like force myself to keep drinking, uh, which nobody pressures me into it. Nobody fucking makes me drink or nothing, but it's just like, damn, like I want to drink. So I'm definitely going to try to have a few drinks on Saturday. Definitely going to try to have a good time. I have to enjoy the free D&D, D&D. I have to enjoy the free DD that I get because Leslie can't drink until December 1st. She can't have any alcohol. Those were the doctor's instructions. No alcohol for a year. So I was pumped because I'm like, oh man, that means she's the DD anywhere we go from now on. I bear, she only DD'd for me once now after the fantasy football draft because I was pretty toasted. Mm-hmm. But other than that, nothing, which sucks. So this Saturday, I'm definitely going to take advantage of that. I'm going to try to get a little fucked up. But I don't know why Leslie... So get, get this. Let me talk about this. Leslie has always been a lightweight. Since she's turned 21 and we started going out drinking together, she has always been a lightweight. And I've talked about these stories in the past. I've talked about Hurricane Leslie. I've talked about all this stuff before. 
This is all not new stuff. Leslie has always been a lightweight. Even when we drink at the house, she'll have one margarita. She's leaning into the couch. She's falling onto the bed. She's all giggly, all hee-hee, all touchy-feely. <laughs> eh, shut up. We're married. No one cares. Yes, me and my wife have sex. Ooh. Scandalous. Right? Can you believe it? I fuck my own wife. Everybody knows. He fucks you. Or whatever it says. So anyway. So Leslie's a lightweight. When they were doing the surgery stuff, when they were going over everything, they told her one drink is going to be like five drinks. Because now she has a smaller stomach. A different, you know, her body metabolizes things differently now. So one drink is going to be like five drinks to her body. She has one of the main, uh, I want to say main inspirations, but one of the main things that kind of pushed Leslie to do it is she has a few family members on her mom's side that also got the surgery. And they said the same thing. He said he had one beer and he felt like he was about to throw up because he felt so drunk off of one beer. Leslie doesn't even drink beer. She drinks drinks with less alcohol in it. She is not going to survive. She has it in her head that on December 1st or the whatever day that is or the whatever weekend, she has it in her head that she's going to get fucking lit. She's going to party. She's going to go crazy. It's her return to drinking. All this bullshit. I guarantee you the first sip of alcohol that she drinks She's going to be throwing up her gut. She's going to black out, face down on the floor. We're only going to be in whatever establishment. We're only going to be there for like 10 minutes because she's going to be done. They're going to be like, sir, you need to take, you need to take this lady out of here. And I'm like, I'm already way ahead of you, sir. Get in the car right now. And the thing that sucks the most about it is because she she's going to be drinking again like she's going to be like it's going to be like her first time like she's a high schooler all over again you know it's going to be all crazy so now if she goes out and drinks i have to be there with her and that's what fucking sucks because i do not like going out to bars i do not like going out to clubs and the worst place i already know i have to fucking go to is emo night because I don't and I don't trust any of her dumbass friends to take care of her. None of her shitty ass friends are going to take care of her. She's going to puke and they're going they're going to scatter like the sucia roaches that they are. They're all going to vanish. I have to be there. I have to spend my hard-earned money on taking her out to drinks, listening to pop punk music. Only benefit that I'll get out of it is I'll be able to run into Eric and Chanel there. But even then, I can enjoy talking to them because I won't have to be babysitting her. It's going to suck, people. Nah, David, you're being crazy. You'd be happy for her. She's going to be drinking. She's going to be happy again. You know what? What? Next year, I think Emo Night lands on my birthday. Oh, good God. Well, for your birthday, that's one thing. I've told you, if you wanted to do that stuff for your birthday, I would go. Because Leslie's gone to Emo Night in the past by herself. I've had no problems with that. I'm like, hey, you know what? Just text me when you get there. Text me when you're leaving, you know, just so that way I know you're safe and sound, all that good stuff, right? But I just, you know, when Leslie goes out and does stuff with her friends, that's an excuse for me to go get Burger King or Papa John's or the places Leslie doesn't like. So I love it when Leslie goes out because that means I could do whatever I want and not have any repercussions here at the house. 
I can watch the che- I can watch my South Park. I can watch all the crazy things that I watch here. Totally fine, peaceful. Only worry I got to deal with is Beerus. So I love it when Leslie goes out. So like when emo nights were going on, yeah, have fun. Be careful. Just let me know when you're coming home. So that way I don't accidentally lock the door and lock her out. You know what I mean? I go to my parents. I fucking go spend three. I ruin my mom's night by spending three hours talking to sports with my dad and then come home and go to bed. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a perfect excuse. But lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the downfall of David Clare. I will have to subject myself. If it wasn't bad enough, I had to watch Paramore in person. Now I got to go listen to a DJ play music of other people. And not even a DJ. It's just some nerdy rocker guy that wants to freaking feel famous. Boo. Let's get some boos in the chat, everybody. Let's get some boos in the chat. (laughs) But yeah, so I don't know. Babe, I'm telling you, you're going to regret going out and drinking. You're going to hate it. We'll see about that the next morning. No, you're going to regret it that night. You're going to be like, what? Why'd you let me do this? We'll see about it the next morning. So she's going, to be all, she's going to be all crazy and fucked up and whatnot off of, off of one drink. So, yeah, so the big return to Leslie drinking, uh, she can officially start drinking it on December 1st. Maybe, maybe just to publicly humiliate her, I'll post where we're going, and that way everyone can come take a look at the spectacle <laughs> that is Leslie. Leslie's return to drinking. Everyone's gonna be all staring at me, waiting for me to take that first sip. Freaking, you know what? If you're gonna start drinking again, you gotta take a shot of Fireball. Ew, no. <laughs> you guys take a shot of tequila. That's gonna be your first no. welcome back. You gotta do a shot because you don't take shots. Yeah, I only like when the mixed drink sauce. And those aren't even shots. Those are just drinks poured on a smaller glass. You got to take a shot shot. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. You got to do a shot of Patron. Nope. Shot of 1800. Ooh. Get back to your listeners. That's making... Oh, yeah, my, my, my listeners are listening to this. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, already, guys, I'm getting the red buzzer. Looks like we're going to come up on our first break. So, I'm going to go ahead and do a quick little uh, pausey pause, and we'll be right back with the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode 42. I double checked. It's episode 42. Holy shit balls, guys. Episode 42. Um, yeah, you know, got all the fun stuff. I, I guess you could say fun stuff. I, I don't know if you want to call it fun or whatnot, you know, but just a little recap, you know, everything that's been going on for the past past few months since June. It's been it's been a fucking four months since the last time I've recorded. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, you know, I've gotten older technically, and my birthday passed, so, um, I don't know why I feel, like, nervous to say anything, like, I'm, get like, now that it's, like, I started recording, I got butterflies on my stomach all over again, but no, I have really good news, um, I have really exciting news, uh, to announce to you guys, uh, for those that have me on Facebook or those that have me on Twitter, I posted, I posted a status today, um, which, one, I'm surprised I got a lot of likes and heart reacts, 
um I, for something that nobody even knows what the context is for i even got somebody uh i even got one of my one of my old buddies uh uh l uh commenting on their uh, a bunch of clapping emojis which she she doesn't even know what i'm talking about um but so it's it's not a long story but it's definitely it, it dates back until may uh this has been going on i've been working on something kind of since may so a year ago today, October 25th, 2022, right? Today's the 25th? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. October 25th, 2021, I announced, and I recorded it out here for you guys, and I posted it on Facebook, I announced that I was coming back to Nationwide. Um, I had, you know, I was really optimistic. I had a new lease on life. I was really excited, right? You know, and as you guys, it's clearly documented, I didn't have the best, you know, 2020, I didn't have the best 2021, you know, a lot of ups and downs, more downs than there were ups, you know, and I talked about all that, I'm not going to bore all the details, again, I've talked to you guys about that a million times already, you know, why I left Nationwide to begin with, so I was really using this opportunity to, you know, be really happy and positive, had, you know, a really good outlook you know, on this new, on this new opportunity with Nationwide. So, um, things have been good, you know, definitely, um, definitely haven't, don't want to alarm you guys or anything. Things have been hitting really well. I've, I've landed back on my feet. Uh, personally, I've worked on my credit. I got a lot of stuff taken care of, uh, both for Leslie and I, um, you know, we really found ourselves in a really good spot, you know, to where we're, we're back on track the way that we should have been, you know, the way that we should be, you know, and, um, and honestly, a lot of that is due to you guys, you know, and I talked about this last time, you know, definitely this podcast uh, has seen me at the lowest of lows, you know, it's been over a year since probably one of the worst days of my life, one of the most defeating days I've ever gone through, um, you know, and so um, I'm, and I'm really grateful for that. And so that's the same thing, too. I haven't told I haven't told anybody. The only person that knows is just Leslie, um, because, you know, obviously she's my wife and these types of things have to go through your wife, you know, in order before you can make decisions like this. Um, so back in May, um, or honestly back, um, back in November of last year, um, I started at nationwide on November 1st. So it's coming up on the one year anniversary. Um, you know, something I said I was going to do to kind of stand out this time around to really kind of play the professional game, um, was I was going to utilize my LinkedIn, I had created a LinkedIn years and years and years ago, but I never updated it. I didn't fill stuff out. It was just there. You know, David Clare was just in the LinkedIn universe, you know, not doing anything. So I put a fancy, I put a fancy picture for me and my wedding, found a picture where it's like my face isolated, did that to look really fancy and professional. Um, you know, I updated everything. I put my resume on there. I put all my skills, my professions, my license info. I put everything out there. You know, I really wanted to stand out and I started adding a lot of the big wigs. I started adding a lot of people, you know, from nationwide and old companies I worked for and other supervisors and everything like that, you know, and also coworkers and colleagues and friends. I added a lot of people on LinkedIn and I really wanted to, you know, kind of have my name out there. I wanted people to be like, oh yeah, David Clare. Like I know that guy, you know what I mean? That was something that, 
you know, I didn't do the first time around and I haven't been doing and taking advantage of. So for those of you that are listening, if you if you feel that you're in a tough spot or if you feel like you're stuck um, before I even go any further, I urge you, I encourage you strongly to make a LinkedIn. And if you have one already, we're, we're living in the 21st century, guys. Hit the forgot password. Hit the forgot password button. Get your stuff set. Do it. I, I And I the reason why I say this is because, um, you know, back in, I want to say like end of November, beginning of December, that's when I started utilizing my LinkedIn. Back in May, I got messaged. I got added and messaged by an old manager um, who was a higher up at Nationwide. Um, I got messaged by him and he remembered me and one of the first things he said is hey david i'm so glad that you're back at nationwide because insurance is where you belong and he's like and the reason i'm reaching out to you is because you are a strong agent and it makes me happy that you're back in insurance because i want you on my team and i was blown away because i hadn't talked to this guy in years and hell, to be honest, I barely even talked to him when I was in the service team at Nationwide. He had come to my training class a couple times. He was already a big wig. He was in charge of service. He was one of the higher ups in the service team. So he was already in charge of service. Um, he moved to the bilingual department. And for those that worked in the service team, you, know, you guys might not you guys might know who I'm talking about. Um, he moved over to bilingual, but he was always a strong manager. He always had really, he always had a bubbly personality. He was always positive. Nobody ever said anything bad about him. He was always such a great guy. And I rarely talked to him, but every interaction I had with him was always positive. It was always a laugh or a joke. It was always really good. And, and he was, a, and honestly, you know, all jokes aside and whatnot, LB was kind of a little protege of his, you know, this manager was always taking LB off to do projects and whatnot. And every once in a blue moon, when he was, when LB was asked to, you know, have somebody help him out, he picked me, of course, you know, we were BFFs. So, you know, so that's another time too, you know, I got to talk to him a little bit, that manager. So this manager messaged me back in, in May said that he wants me on his team. You know, and that he wants me, he wants me to join his team. He let me know a little bit of the details. And it's honestly very similar to what I'm doing, you know, right now with Nationwide. Um, you know, I'm, I'm with the retention team. So we make outbound calls to customers whose policies are coming up for renewal. And, you know, and, you know, we go over their policy. Hey, your policy's coming up. It's going up this much. Let's see what we can do to save it. Or when somebody has a new, a new, you know, a new, um, you know, a new policy, we're reaching out to kind of quality check it, make sure everything's up to date, you know, but at the same time too, we're taking inbound sales and service calls as well. So he messaged me and something that put me off was that, you know, he said sales and service. And I was like, up. Oh, he said the magic word. I don't like sales. <laughs> so put it off, right? Didn't look into it further. Didn't talk about it further. I was just like, Hey, thanks for the info. You know, it's, it's glad, I'm glad to talk to you. It's been too long. We'll definitely keep in touch. That was it. End of that interaction. So like I said, that was back in May. So as the year's been progressing, you know, the, the retention work, it is what it is. It's, it's an, it's not an easy department. You're wearing multiple hats. You're taking care of everything. And, you know, 
with this department, we're very successful at what we do. You know, we're, we're one of the best sales agents. You know, we, we make a lot of money in revenue. We do a lot of sales, but as the year has progressed, it's turned more into a sales job than it has anything else. And I knew sales was part of the work that was transparent, that was put out beforehand. I understood that, but now it's just nothing but sales. There's barely any retaining. I don't, I don't like that. I, I've never been a sales guy. I don't like it because I, I don't like sales agents. I hate sales agents. I don't like them. Whether they're at Walmart, the Spectrum or AT&T guys, in the mall, the people that run those little kiosks, door-to-door salesmen, when you go when you go shop for a new phone, whatever, any type of sales agent, right? I don't like those people. I fucking hate them. I already feel annoying because I'm calling people either early in the morning, in the middle of the day, or you know, in the evening, you know, when they're trying to relax and unwind from home. I'm already calling people, bothering them in the middle of their day, giving them bad news. Your newsflash for everybody, insurance is never going to go down. Very rarely does it ever go down. Insurance is going to go up and up and up and up and up, no matter what. No matter what company you got, no matter who you with, nine times out of 10, it's going to go up. And if you're one of the lucky few who doesn't get affected by rate changes or nothing happens, good for you. Don't give a shit about it either, right? So just whatever. So I already feel annoying. And so they hound you. They want you to sell, you know, and it just I already feel awkward enough that I'm like, hey, thanks for taking the call in the middle of your day. Your premium is going to go up another four hundred dollars. Let's go ahead and talk about what we can do for savings. OK, I see you don't have a, an X, Y and Z policy. I don't want another policy. OK, well, you're stuck with this bill. You know what I mean? There's not a whole lot you can do. It, it's very cut and dry. But now it's just to the point to where it's like, if you're not selling, you're not worth anything. And I don't like that feeling because I'm not a sales agent. I don't have to do sales tactics. I don't like doing that stuff. I gained like, you know, I was successful. I met the goal every single month. I was meeting, you know, my percentage that I needed to meet. And that was it. I didn't go above and beyond. I didn't try to go above and beyond. I only made an effort to make sure I was meeting my sales goal, <laughs> you know, so that was it. Oh, well, this is how you can improve it. This is how you can make it even higher. Oh yeah. Cool. 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 I know all the things I can say. I know the way I can cross sell. I know how I can pitch. I know what I can do, but I don't want to. Sales came to me kind of organically. You know, if a customer was interested in it, okay, yeah, let's run up a quote. And I was very direct. I was very, very direct. Hey, this is the price. You know, this is this is what we can offer. You know, do you want to do it? Yes or no? They say yes. Awesome. Let's go ahead and move forward. These are the steps to move forward with it. If they say no, no problem. Excellent. If you're ever interested in the future, let us know. If they're a maybe, eh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's a it's money you got to spend. Think it over and let us know. It the quote this quote will be here for you. You know what I mean? I don't care about following up with them. Whatever. I always focused on the service aspect of it. And I've been that way even when I was in customer service, when I was in the service department in Nationwide. My goal on each call is to educate the member on what they currently have. Whether they're mad about it, happy about it, sad about it, whatever. If that call ended and they have a better understanding of a coverage, 
a better understanding of their policy, if they have a better understanding of any little thing, I feel successful in that call. I don't judge my success based on the sales. I don't judge my success on money I'm bringing in. I don't care about that shit. When they go over these monthly stats, oh, the department's bringing in this amount of revenue. I'm like, I don't give two fucks about that. Oh, well, it affects your bonus. Who cares? You know, I have a comfortable salary. Bonuses are cool and whatnot. But at the end of the day, money is money, right? It's all going to go to bills. It's all going to go to stuff I have to pay for. You know, so an extra 200 bucks means is that just an extra two? And that's an extra bill paid. Whatever. That's my outlook on it. If you have a different outlook on it, good for you. I'm glad. Cool. Don't care. Right. That's always always the thing with this podcast. All these opinions are my own. You know, I don't care if it's not the popular one. I don't care if it's an ugly one, whatever. I've always been that way. You guys know that. So it's just been it's just been defeating because it's like because then I tell myself, like, who gives a fuck about the sales? I don't give a fuck about the sale. I don't care about it. But then I get stressed out because I'm like, well, damn it. Like now I'm falling behind on the percentage. Now I got to fucking hustle. And I don't like it. And it's something, it it sounds cheesy, but you know, I don't, I feel dirty when I'm coercing people or when I'm like, hey, well, I see you're not taking advantage of this. Let's go ahead and work it up. And I just start quoting them and the customer doesn't even want to quote. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff is just shady. I don't like that. Honestly, if any, if, if the way that they want us to sell, if I was approached by one of these agents and they talk to me the way that they want us to talk to customers. If it was on a phone call, I'd fucking hang up. I would tell them, remove my number. Don't fucking call me ever again. You're a piece of shit. Fuck you. And I would hang up on them. If it was in person, it definitely would not come to blows, not come to fights or nothing. But definitely it would, that interaction would end with me screaming obscenities in your face. And I've done that over smaller things. I've fucking, I've yelled at and gotten into heated exchanges with the salespeople at like Walmart and AT&T and stuff. You know, just a, a few months ago, I was out looking at something at Walmart. I was looking at something for a record or something. I don't remember what I was looking for, but I just know that I fucking, I had to leave because if I didn't leave, I was going to go to fucking jail. I have AT&T. I've been an AT&T customer for years, both on phone service and on internet. So I'm walking past on my own business. Hey, man, can I talk to you real quick? And so I just simply say, oh, I already have AT&T. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have AT&T. Well, let's see it. Pulled out my phone right there in the top left hand corner. AT&T right there. Oh, well, who do you have for Internet? I have AT&T, too. I was like, what else do you want to know about me? Oh, well, who's your cable provider? And I said, it's none of your fucking business. And I was all like, I already an AT&T customer. That's where the interaction stops, sir. Hey, well, you don't have to get all defensive. And I'm like, well, no, you don't have to fucking hound me over it. And I was like, so shut the fuck up and carry on and go try to bother somebody else. Oh, you're one of those guys. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. And I just fucking, I walked out of the store, left empty handed, just went back home. I hate salespeople. I fucking loathe them. When someone tells me, oh, I'm in sales, I automatically think you're an asshole. Because that's just, it's just so shitty. And you know what? Sometimes it's just part of the job, right? So that's why I couldn't say anything. I couldn't sit here and fucking go like, oh, well, this, this, and this, blah, blah, blah. 
Hey, well, you know what? I knew sales was part of the job. I know it's part of the sales division. I needed money. I needed to work. I needed to pay bills. I needed food. I needed groceries. I got to suck it up and do it, right? Welcome to corporate America. You know what I mean? That's, you know, that's what you got to do. Sometimes you just got to suck it up and do it. So a little drink break. Um, you know, so eventually I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm just, I'm not liking it throughout this past year is just, is just one giant deja vu from the past, from the last time that I worked in service, my quality almost flawless little things here and there I could tweak. And honestly, a lot of the feedback came from not pitching multi-line policies from not fucking trying to upsell shit. So, you know, little things here and there, you know, little minor dings here and there. But other than that, my numbers were consistent. (laughs) My stats were awesome. I did everything that I needed to do. All the, all the, all the talk again. Oh, David, you're an all-star rep. Oh, David, you're one of the top agents here. You're very knowledgeable. You know, your tenure here, you know, definitely, even though you took a break with us, you came back and definitely it shows your skill, your expertise, the way you educate these customers, blah, 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 all the smoke blown up my ass yet again, right? So I, again, I get motivated. I get told to apply for these other positions. In the past year, I've applied for a lead position five times. I've applied for a trainer position three times. I've applied for underwriting five times. And the last time I even moved forward to an interview, I did the whole interview process, the, the, the phone interview, the video interview, the assessment, I did everything. And you know what? All of those times that I applied for all of those positions, generic email. Thank you for allowing us to get familiar with your background. At this time, we're going to be going with other applicants. Guys, I can't be patient anymore. I can't can't be in a position like that anymore. Some people can do it. That's just not me. I've done this rigmarole a million times. I've done it. I've experienced any anything any when it comes to insurance or just customer service in general, both rude customers, happy customers, whatever you want to call it. I've done it all. I've seen it all. I've experienced a lot of different things. A lot of weird one-off situations. Anyone who's worked with me or heard my calls in person, you guys know I get weird scenarios. I get weird situations. I've done it all and I can't, I just cannot be told over and over and over again. You're such a good agent. You're such a good agent. I could definitely see you going far here. Well, I try to go. No, 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 no. You're, you know, we, you're in such a good spot right now. You know, we definitely want, we know you're such a good asset. This, this, isn't that. Well, if I'm such a good asset, let me move up. Let me move forward. Let me go. Let me prove. Maybe, you know, you guys have, you know, you hear all the general feedback in a lot of different companies. Oh, the training could be tightened up. Oh, there's things that, you know, so-and-so, these many agents aren't understanding. I comprehend that. I know that. I know I can teach it. Hell, 70, 60% of the department comes to me anyway for advice and for help. But I don't get no recognition for it. You know? 
I'm just, I'm just another cog in the machine. So I'm back in that same fucking wheelhouse that I was when I was at Nationwide, you know, from 2017 to 2019. Only difference is, you know, one, I'm work from home. So all my ugly comments, my, my bad attitude, everything is just in-house, you know. I can vent to Leslie. Leslie vents to me about her job. I vent to her about my job, you know. Nobody else can see it. Nobody else hears it. It's just here inside of the house. You know? So my attitude doesn't change at work. You know? I bring... My persona that I bring to work is definitely a more of a quieter, you know, not as, you know, talkative or anything, but definitely not in a rude or unprofessional manner like the way I ended at Nationwide originally. You know? I joke around when I need to. I participate when I need to. I provide feedback. I do whatever I'm told to do. Essentially, you know, I'm a, I'm an obedient little good boy, but I'm just tired of it. So the, these past few weeks, that's just the way the trend has been. The, the trend has been going towards, I'm not liking it. I'm not happy. I know I'm just going to be stuck here on the phones. There's no growth here. I can't, I, I just, I don't see myself being here long anymore. And I'm tired if I have to hear, no, David, you're such a good rep. Like, you know, your numbers are so fantastic. Okay, well, you know what? Well, promote me on the spot then. I, and you know what? And it just comes down to knowing your self-worth. You know, if it sounds pompous, if it sounds arrogant, so be it. But I know what I'm about. I know how to de-escalate. I know how to handle situations. I go above and beyond for those customers. I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know how to handle situations. I've been doing insurance for almost 10 years now. And on top of that, I've been doing customer service for over 10 years. It definitely is a different persona. Doing customer service, you definitely have that cheesy customer service voice. You definitely have a different demeanor when it comes to that. You know, and I know how to handle that. And at the same time, too, with those rude customers, with, you know, with those types of situations, I know how to put my foot down. I know how to be firm, yet still respectful. You know, I know I'm good at what I do. So there's just been some changes. There's been some procedures and practices that, you know, are starting to come down the pipeline that I just I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to mesh well with that. I don't care about that. I don't care about sales. I just, I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm, I have a feeling I'm at my wit's end. <laughs> and then as, as luck, fate, destiny, whatever you want to call it, pure coincidence, lo and behold, guess who messages me again? That same manager. And I gotta, I gotta put it this way too. And I gotta, I gotta emphasize how big of a deal this is to me. This manager... <laughs> is now a vice president of a company. Not just any company, a major Texas corporation. Not even a corporation, a major financial institution. Huge. Huge. And San Antonio homegrown in two. <clears throat> I'm, he was all like, hey David, it's been a few months. Just wanted to reach out to you, talk to you about those opportunities. This is my number. Text me when you can. And I'm like, you know what? 
I got the time to talk today. So I hit him up. And I was all like, hey, I got some time. You know, texting him. I was like, hey, I got some time. We can talk right now. Bling! He was on the phone with me right away. He called me right away. And he told me, he was all like, hey, David. He goes, thank you so much for texting me back. He goes, I, he's like, honestly, we could talk as long as we need to. I got this time dedicated for you. And I was like, okay. And so first thing out of his mouth, you know, well, first thing he talked about, he goes, well, how are you? He goes, how are you doing, man? How's everything going? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This is not, you know, whatever. We started talking football and he was like, oh yeah, you're a Falcons fan, right? He remembered I was a Falcons fan. That's what's fucking amazing about everything. What? What'd you stop looking at me for? You just like took a long pause and I was like, I was just here getting some clothes. Well, no, like, that's just, that, like, that's still super impressive to me that he remembered I was a Falcons fan. I talked to this guy back, I think the last time I talked to him was probably in 2018, you know, fucking four years ago. And he remembered that about me. A guy he barely talked to just a couple times. So that right there was already a huge check mark, huge plus, right, in his direction. I don't have him on Facebook. I don't have him on any social media, nothing, except for LinkedIn. And I don't post po- sports stuff on LinkedIn. <laughs> so, and then he goes and he goes, okay. He's like, so, so David, I gotta, I gotta, gotta be honest. He goes, you wouldn't have entertained my message if there wasn't something coming on. Talk to me, man. What's going on? So I let him know. And, you know, I told him everything that I pretty much was talking about, you know, minus the cussing and whatnot, right? <laughs> you know, but. I started talking about everything and I told him and I was like, and sir, I was like, and I just got to be honest. I got to be upfront. I was like, when, when we talked back in May, you said sales and service. I was like, I'm not a sales agent. I was like, I don't like sales. And I was like, I can do it. I'm comfortable with selling. Definitely, you know, uh, you know, definitely I put some effort into it if I know I could get something big. And I was like, but for the most part, if a customer says no, that's not the end of my day. I carry on. It's no harm, no foul to me. I don't care. I don't follow up with them. It is what it is. And he was all like, yeah, I can see that. No, definitely. He goes and, and he's like, and honestly, that's the part of retention, you know, because, you know, he knew what department I'm in. It's on LinkedIn. You know, he was like, and that's what retention is. He goes, you got to take care of the member. He was all like, yeah, you can retain them. He goes, I can see the business aspect of retaining a customer by getting them more products. He's like, but at the end of the day, that's just taking more money out of their wallet. And I'm like, thank you. That, thank you. That's, it's another bill. That's what selling another policy is. Yeah, you're saving X amount of money on one policy, but that money you're saving right there is going into another bill on a different policy. <laughs> Regardless if it's cheaper, more expensive, the same price as another carrier, that money you're saving is going into another bill. You know, that's the part where I'm just like, yes, I'm not fucking stupid. I get that. I'm getting where we want to make money. But don't try to lie to them and be like, oh, man, this is all oh, you're saving so much money because you're in reality, you're not. And again, that's not the sales aspect of me. That's why I don't care about that shit. So when he said that, he goes, it's another bill. I'm like, dog, this dude's reading my fucking mind. So, you know, and I was like, you know, and I, I'm, I'm glad that he took that because I guarantee you, if I were to like, if I were to talk to somebody at Nationwide about that, it would have been game over. Oh yeah, we'll be in touch. You know what I mean? It would have been whatever. 
you know, have a great day. We've got time to review your, your credentials. We're moving with other applicants. It would have been one of those. So he started talking to me. He's like, well, this is, this is the position that I got right now. He's all like, you know, my company right now, he goes, I've been put in charge of this. We're opening an insurance department. We've been around for a little bit. And he's like, you know, we have a very small team, but I'm trying to build this team even higher. I've already proven success with what I've got. And I'm trying to make an even bigger impact. And he goes, and I'm trying to go out and prove that I can get the best of the best. And he's like, and David, I am not going to stop recruiting you until I get you on this team. He's like, because you are too good of an agent to be on the phones 24-7. And I'm just like, I'm like, wow. And he's all like, you know, and he's like, and when you, when you, when I saw you popped up as a suggested person on LinkedIn, he goes, I knew I had to talk to you immediately. He's like, because I remember your calls. I remember your quality. You were a rock star, you know, and he even gave me the name of my old supervisor. He remembered that too. Everything he would talked about was just like what exactly what I've been feeling, what I wanted to hear. So he told me about this position, very similar to what I'm at right now. It's a mixture of both inbound and outbound calls, but it's purely just taking care of the customer. He said, yeah, if you end up selling something, if you end up, you know, going down that path, that's awesome. But we're not focused on that. We're focusing on, we're focusing on the service aspect. He goes, cause we're providing a service because this company, um, you know, is not, is not an insurance provider. They're a brokerage. They're licensed and able to do policies through multiple providers, but they offer their insurance services to members of this company. And so I'm like, wow, okay. I didn't even know that. And I was a former member of this company. I used to be a consumer of this company and I didn't even know that. And so I was like, okay, cool. That's awesome. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, and we service, he goes, we service and take care of a lot of different companies. He's like, so it's a lot of moving pieces. It's definitely a lot of work. And I was like, oh, that's, that's nothing. I'm like, I, I was like, we have to do everything. Multiple providers too, over here at nationwide. I was like, you know, we got our brokerage team too. I was like, you know, so it's definitely not anything I'm not used to. Okay. Awesome. Glad to hear that. (laughs) And so, and he's like, yeah. And you know what? He talked about the pay. He, well, at first he just said the pay, the pay is lucrative, which I was like, oh, okay, okay. I understand him. He's just getting feelers. He's not going to try to show all his cards, right? So, and he said, he's like, and also too, he goes, I moved forward with, you know, restructuring things to where, you know, even our service agents are getting commission. Jaw dropped immediately on the floor because right now I am not commissioned. The retention team right now does not make commission. We get we get a really good salary, and then that's that's where kind of that expectation comes into play, right? Is because the salary is so good, there's no need to move. You know, there's no need for commission. Uh, the way that it was explained to us, you know, when we first started or when I first started at retention, and then he talked about there's potential for bonuses. Depending on how much you make a month, could depend on the bonuses that you make. And then when he described the bonus structure, I can fucking max that bitch out like crazy. It's redonkulous. I'm like, yo, like the amount of money, because because of the percentage that we have to do now, you know, um, 
it's not so it's not based upon like the number of like the the dollar amount of premium that you're bringing in like how much one policy costs it's a percentage of your overall calls but with how expensive you know auto and home insurance is that money can add up you know and when you're selling anywhere between 20 to 30 policies a month it's really easy to rack up you know a large amount of premium that you bring in so when he was talking about how much, you know, how much the bonuses are for how much premium that you can get, even on the low end, I'm like, yo, that's, that's fucking nothing. You know what I mean? Like if that, if they had that fucking bonus structure right now where I'm at, holy shit, I'd be fucking close to making six figures or over six figures right now. So I'm like, damn, like, shoot, you, you got me, you know what I mean? Like I'm you know, I'm pretty eager about this. You know, I'm, I'm salivating at the mouth about it. And he's like, you know, it's Monday through Friday, you know, but he's like, the only thing is, is that it's in office. And I'm like, Oh, I don't care about that. I like work from home. Work from home is cool. I can wear whatever I want. You know what I mean? I can roll out of bed five minutes before I have to log in. All of that stuff is cool and dandy. But I, I was like, you know, there, there's a certain awesome part about, you know, going into office kind of having a routine, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's no big deal. I know where the building is at. The building's not super far away. It's just mostly traffic. That's the only thing that stinks, but, you know, the distance isn't that long. So he was all like, so, you know, it's like, so what do you say? How does everything sound? And I'm like, no, I can't lie. I was like, no, I'm, I'm very interested. I'm very intrigued. I was like, you know, I'm very, you know, I'm definitely, you got my ears perked up, sir. And he's like, well, no, that's good. He goes in. He's like, you know what, David? He goes, because of how small the team is right now, he goes, I would be as so bold to say is if by next year, he's like, you know, if you if you move forward with us now, and he's like, and by next year, I can definitely see you in a leadership role or in a trainer position like you had talked about. He's like, that's how small we are right now. And I want great minds sculpting future great minds. And he's like, and I can't think of anybody else better than you. And he's like, a lot of the people that I have right now, I used to work with, but a lot of them are come from other managers that reached out to other people. And he's like, so, but right now you're, you're the person that I want. And he's like, and like I said, David, I'm not going to stop recruiting you until I have you on my team. I want you here. You deserve to be valued for what you're worth. And I'm like, wow. So he was all like, so he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to send some information over to our HR lady. I definitely want you to talk to her. I want you to talk to our supervisors. You know, he's like, I just, I want you, I want you to get more information. And I'm like, okay, definitely, definitely. No more than like five minutes after talking to him on the phone, the HR lady called. She called me right away. Hey, so uh, I just got a really enthusiastic message, you know, um, and he wanted me to talk to you right away. And I was like, yeah, so she kind of ironed out some details in regards to salary and in regards to, you know, uh, like benefits, things like that, all the cool stuff. And so when it came to salary, I never know how to talk about salary. That's always something that's always like I get awkward about, right? I never know what to say. I don't want to ask for too much, but then I don't want to put myself in a position to where, you know, I say too little and they're like, okay, yeah, for sure. We'll do that. You know what I mean? And I'm shortchanging myself. So when she asked me about it, I'm like, look, I got to be honest. I'm like, um, I was like, this is where I'm at right now. I gave her my salary and I was like, and I've earned this from my years of experience. And I was like, and I've got this based upon, 
you know, my performance. So I've gotten raises throughout the past year. And I was like, so this is honestly where I would like to start at. So she was like, let me take a look here. And so she pulled up that you could hear her typing and looking through some info. And she goes, oh, oh, yeah, we do better than that. And I was like, oh, okay, because where I'm at right now. And again, this isn't to brag or nothing to sound ugly or sound any type of way. But, you know, from where I'm at right now, this is the most I've ever made. This is the biggest salary I have ever had in my life. So when she, to her to say that, oh, we do better than that, I'm like, yo, you, you got me hooked, right? Like, I'm okay. So she talked about that, talked about the scheduling and stuff. So, you know, I was like, yeah, you know what, all, all, to be honest, all of that sounds really good. And so she was like, okay, so you're like, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, send you the information as a formality in order for you to meet with our supervisors, because, you know, they want you to meet with them. Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and send you an application, just fill it out, you know, put in your information and then it's just all a formality. And I was all like, okay, no problem. Get it. Totally get where you're coming from. So filled out the application that was on a Monday, Wednesday, I had a quote unquote interview. Um, and I put that in parentheses or not Wednesday, Tuesday, the very next day. Um, cause Wednesday was my birthday, um, on the 19th. So this was Monday, the, this was Monday, the, <clears throat> Monday the 17th, then Tuesday the 18th, and so, yeah, I met with them, and, and just by sheer, again, sheer coincidence, the service supervisor was a supervisor in service, and he remembered me. He didn't remember my name, but he remembered my face, so when I popped up, he goes, hey, and I remember seeing him like once or twice. Same thing. I remembered his face, didn't remember the name. So that was the service supervisor. The sales supervisor was an old supervisor from the first call center I ever worked at, at CSG Qualphone. And he remembered me from when I was at 21st Century. Just by pure coincidence, both of them, I worked with both of them previously, and they both remembered me. And they both remembered what type of agent that I was, which is just absolutely nutty. Like just, I, I'm still kind of like in awe of the fact that how, how perfectly everything has been laid out or just how well things are going at this point. Right. Cause I'm like, where's the big caveat? Where, where's the big switcheroo, right? Where, where's everything going to go into play? So we didn't really have an interview. We just kind of had more a general conversation we you know we were just getting to know each other and they, they asked me like, well, what type of environment do you like? You know, what do you look for? <laughs> you know, it's like I was interviewing them. Like if like I felt and it, if it sounds cheesy or funny, whatever, I felt like an athlete, you know, trying to pick what team I'm going to go to, which team is going to give me the best offer. <laughs> you know, I felt like that. I felt like a freaking, you know, a high school or college kid trying to get you know, talk to about, you know, what team to go to. So that's what, that's what the, the interview felt like is that they weren't trying to assess what I can bring to the company. They were trying to assess what can they do to make me go work there? You know, and I, I was telling, I told them the same exact stuff. I was like, Hey, you know what? And you know, I was like, I'm comfortable with sales, but I'm not a sales agent. I don't like, I, at the end of the day, I don't live for it. I don't care about it, you know, and that's another thing too. I felt very comfortable talking about that stuff with them because 
that's how it felt. You know what I mean? It felt right. And so they were like, oh, yeah. And even the sales supervisor goes, oh, I feel that. And he's like, no, 100%. He was like, yeah. And he goes, so he's like, I'm just here to meet you too. And he's like, but you know what? You know, we we pay our service reps, you know, commission as well. We have our sales team. Our sales team handles the sales. He's like, we'll focus on that. He's like, if our service team makes a sale, awesome. You're just helping out the cause. He's like, you know, you're just, you're adding on to our success. And that's, we always encourage that. But we're not at the end of the day, we're not going to hound you for it. We're not going to make it an expectation for you to be consistent in sales. He's like, if you sell, awesome. If you don't, cool. We want you to take care of the customer. So I express my ideology like I talked about. You know, I want every interaction to leave that member feeling educated on their policy. So when I said that, they were like, wow. They are like, no one has ever talked that professionally. They were really impressed. And I couldn't tell if they were just being nice, but like... Ugh, like it just felt so genuine because I could say that kind of stuff now and I get dirty looks for it. You know, I get looked at like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's absurd for me to care about the member. Like, it's absurd for me to be like, oh, OK, awesome. Let's take care of the customer. You know, like it just like it feels shitty when I said it. and I've said that in meetings before with supervisors and with big wigs and they looked at me like I just fucking spat in their face. So to have people be all like, wow, like be impressed by me talking like that, that's nuts. So, so, you know, we had like quick, like little 25, 30 minute meeting, talked to them for a bit. They were like, Hey, you know what, David? Like, yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll put some stuff together and we'll send you some stuff real soon. Okay. They're like, you know, we definitely want you to take an advisement, you know, take us into consideration. I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. For sure. For sure. Thank you for meeting with me. You know, thank you for taking the time and talking to me about it. And another thing that they, the, I don't know if this impresses anybody else other than me, but they said that, yeah, they do have work from home opportunities. Um, you can earn that, you, you know, depending on your performance and whatnot, you could definitely earn that. And he said 98% of the people that are, are 98% of the team are work from home eligible and they still come into office. He says the environment is that close. And he goes, we've never been about building a family or trying to be like one of those companies that throws that in your face. He's like, but we have such a good environment. We have a lot of good vibes here that everybody comes in. The And I say 98% because there are only a couple people that do work from home because they live over an hour away. And I was like, wow. And they're like, yeah, but everyone else, everyone, we've been trying to get people to go work from home, but everyone refuses. They like to come into the office. He's like, so that tells us we're doing something good. And it's all because of our VP. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, that's, that's really cool. Well, I didn't say damn in that, in that meeting, but I was just like, that's, that's awesome. That really sticks out. So they, so yeah, so they said, you know, we're going to put some stuff together and we'll be in contact real soon. So sure enough, that was on Tuesday, Thursday, I got a call from HR. Hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and put together a job offer for you. We're going to go ahead and, you know, we're going to go ahead and put it together this is your salary. This is what we're looking at. Salary is amazing. Um, again, you know, I just, I don't, I don't talk about that kind of stuff. I think it's a little crass, but you know, again, not to brag, no nothing, but it's even better than what I'm at right now. (laughs) And of course, like I said, with the commission and the bonus structure and all that, uh, I'm just, I'm extremely lucky and I, and I feel valued. 
you know, like I said, this was, this felt more like they wanted me, they wanted to get me on their team for who I am and for my talents. And the fact that the VP and both of the supervisors already know me and know what I bring to the table, that goes to show that I am finally being valued for what I can bring to the table. That makes me feel so important. So they they put together a job offer. You know, they said, again, same thing on a formality. I have to go through a background check. I do have to meet some criteria for them. Filled that stuff out. Um, because this is a financial institution, credit can play a factor. And so, and this is part of the reason why I didn't tell anybody about anything. Because I'm a firm believer that, you know, I do, if I do something a certain way, I have to do it. You guys know that. I'm very superstitious in things. So I've honestly been wanting to record for a long time, but when I first started putting together an episode, I was doing the interviews and stuff for underwriting. And I was telling myself, no, 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 you didn't record an episode last night, but then you got the email to do an interview. We're not going to do an, we're not going to do an episode tonight. Next night. Okay, cool. You aced the phone interview. We're not going to do another episode because now I got to wait for an actual interview. So it was things like that. It was prolonging me making an episode because I'm very routine, just like how I was last time. You know, literally a year to this day when I started at Nationwide, you know, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't say anything until it was official. So if you guys can't get the hint, that's exactly what I'm doing now. Today, just just coincidentally, a year, just exactly a year from today. Uh, I officially got offered this position um, with this company, and I cannot be more happy. the The pay is amazing. The schedule is Monday through Friday. Slight change, and right now I'm eight to four thirty. The change is going to be the change is going to be a uh, nine thirty to six thirty. Right, nine thirty to six thirty. Yeah, it's going to be 9.30 to 6.30, something like that, either 9 to 6 or 9.30 to 6.30, so only just an hour and a half difference. So, um, and yeah, um, everything has come back A-OK, everything's come back clear. Um, We did have, I did, and I was very open and honest about that, uh, because I got really scared when they said that credit can play a factor. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, I am working on my credit, and I was all like, my credit is not the best right now. I was like, it's trending, excuse me, I was like, it's trending in the right direction, but it's, it's not the best right now. And I was like, and I'm on payment plan arrangements. I'm taking care of everything. I have that. They were like, oh yeah, send us that stuff real quick. That definitely can help you out. And they even said too, they were like, we want you here. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure that we can get you on our team. And so I sent them all the stuff that I have and they were like, you know what? Yeah, no, we're all in the clear. You're all in the good. So I just got that confirmation today, um, earlier today. And yeah, Uh, I went ahead and accepted it. Everything is ironed out. And, you know, and I felt like, you know, this is something that definitely right now at this point in time, being 28 years old, being, you know, two years away from being 30, you know, this is something that I definitely need to take advantage of. When, when was the last time that somebody reached out to you and they wanted to give you an opportunity because they knew how talented you were? I've never experienced that, you know, just like with a lot of other people, I've always had to go out and apply for things. I've always had to, you know, kind of have my future dictated by, you know, did I get this job or not? You know, did I get this promotion or not? Do I get this raise or not? Which is very common. That's just the way the world works, right? 
So for me to be in a position like that to where somebody recruited me, they knew who I was, they remembered me as a person, and they're taking the chance on me to go in and be like, we want you on this team. That that just means everything to me. So yeah, I, I accepted the offer. I officially start uh, with this new company on November 7th. And I am, I'm beyond excited. It's, it's a new opportunity. It's going to be different. Definitely going to be a grind. Um, you know, they, they put that out there that, yeah, it's a lot of work, you know, which I'm definitely up for the task. You know, I do a lot of work now. I do the work. I do so many different things. I'm wearing so many hats right now. This whole department is. Uh, the retention department um, that I'm a part of is phenomenal. The, the talent that's on it is crazy. It's not for the weak of heart. Um, definitely it's not, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of different things that you have to stay on top of, you know, um, definitely that volume of work that they have to do that we have to do is intense. You know, it it definitely sucks. There's more bad days than there are good days, uh, work wise, like with the material that you have to go through and it's just, Hey, you know what? It is what it is, right? You know, when I, when I signed up for it, I knew what I was getting myself into, um, you know, I was a little nervous, like I talked about, you know, I'm, you know, that I talked about, like when it comes to the sales, I'm not a sales agent. I don't know how I can handle sales. You know, I didn't know if I was going to be successful, but luckily I was, you know, luckily I was successful in it and, you know, and I was able to maintain my metrics, you know? And so I think that's what really is making me the happiest is that, you know, sales isn't part of this new position, but it's encouraged and you could definitely do really well with it. So, um, I'm really excited. And like, I, you know, like with everything else, all of these opportunities, anything that's the, the good that happens, I share with you guys first. You know, you guys have been there through day one, even longer, you know what I mean? So day, you know, pre-zero, pre-day one, pre-day zero, whatever you want to call it, joke around about. So um, that's uh, just wanted to share that with you guys. And I had to go through that whole long story. Um, I know it's been 51 minutes right now for this particular section, um, you know, but I felt like all of that buildup is what led to this right now. And, you know, whether it's superstition, whether it's whatever, same thing, you know, I, I've been wanting to record, I've been wanting to tell you guys about this, but I didn't want to post an episode and jinx everything, you know, so, um, so yeah, so I'm going to give you guys a quick little break. I'm going to take a little breather here and then I'll be right back to wrap, kind of wrap everything else up. Um, that's really the main thing that I got. Uh, that I wanted to share with you guys. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap everything up. BRB. All right, all right. So uh, I don't know if you can hear it in the background. Uh, Leslie is doing her hair. She's getting ready to hit the hay. Um, She's been in office this week, or she's in off. Yeah, she's in office this week. Um, it's only Tuesday. I keep forgetting. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's what the, uh, my Facebook post was about this morning when I said, or earlier today, when I put sign seal delivered, locked in, um, everything is official. Everything is in order. Um, and we're all good to go. And, um, like I said, I'm just really excited. Um, you know, I got, I got the butterflies in my stomach and like, and I'm still getting them right now just talking about everything. Cause it just, it feels unreal. You know, um, last year, 
when I went back to Nationwide, it was a feeling of relief. Um, definitely some excitement, you know, but it was it was relief and nerves because I didn't know how I was going to perceive to be back, you know. So um, really happy with how things turned out the past year. You know, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for this retention opportunity that I got last year, I don't know where I would be. Right. And I don't want to sound dramatic. I don't want to sound, um, you know, uh, like anything. But but definitely, you know, if it was if I didn't get that nationwide job, I don't know what I would have done. You know, uh, that was I needed that position. You know, as you guys remember last year, I was with some like technology tech technology company named enjoy that company ended up going under um that company ended up having a lot of problems so i would have i would have been in a position to where i would have been jobless still you know um i just i was in a really tough spot so i'm really happy that you know i was able to i was able to go through and you know and get that job you know with nationwide it it helped out a lot it put me on the right track um it definitely was a a very big saving for me, a saving grace. And I'm very thankful for the opportunity that was presented, you know, very, very happy with that, you know, uh, as much as I hated the workload, um, as much as I hated the the type of work that I had to do. Um, and I don't even want to say hated, hated um, is not the right word. That's just a word I'm so used to saying, which definitely is a bad habit, as you guys know, from listening to this show. Um, but, um, I didn't, I didn't like the work I was doing. It was tolerable. I, I put up with it. I think, uh, I think a phrase that I said, or a word that I used last episode was that I was very content. Um, I wasn't happy, nor was I mad or sad. I was just there, um, taking it day by day. So, um, you know, I'm really excited to see what comes out of this. You know what I mean? Um, Definitely, you know, I like I told myself in the beginning, I was going to ride nationwide out. I was going to see it through. Um, and I feel I honestly feel like I did everything I could. Um, you know, I no attendance issues, no nothing. I was there. You know, I was I made sure that I got stuff taken care of. No disciplinary action. No, no, nothing. I stayed on a straight arrow. You know, if anything did pop up or if anything did need to be addressed, I was with my supervisor right away. The communication with my supervisor uh, was outstanding. Um, I trusted her. I can look to her to anything, you know, so um, definitely don't have any bad blood. Didn't have any bad blood with any of my teammates, you know. Um, I will say uh, I do I do feel a little bummed. I did get a couple of my buddies into Nationwide. Um, you know, they were looking for a new gig and, you know, got them in. Um, so I do feel bad. I am kind of leaving them, but I mean, they, they understood, you know, we talked about that stuff too. Um, you know, but I was just like, Hey, you know what? I want to see you guys thrive. I want to see the homies thrive. You know what I mean? I want to see the homies get that paper. So, you know, that's, you know, you got to do sometimes what you got to do to get that paper. So, um, you know, I'm extremely proud of them. Very, very proud of them. They got in on their own merit. They got in on their background. You know, all I did was email them an application, but they got in on their own. You know, they, you know, they're the ones that had to do the interview. They, they had to be, you know, knock that stuff out of the park and they did it. So I'm proud of them too. You guys know who you are. Um, but no, um, really I'm just in a, and I'm really happy spot. 
So kind of what I'm going to be doing um, is pretty much going to be chilling for the next couple weeks um, until November 7th. Um, just have a lot of free time. And again, I, it's like it's uh, it's such a positive thing right now. I have a couple different things uh, to take. Not I, don't, I was about to say take care of, but sound all dramatic. I'm going to be doing a couple things here and there. Uh, so don't you guys fret about me. Um, I'm going to have, definitely have some income coming in. No, you guys are probably like, what? No. Um, but yeah, no, um, definitely. So I'm just in a very happy spot. I'm going to go ahead and wrap everything up because uh, Leslie is rubbing her eyes. She's getting sleepy, sleepy. <laughs> it's time for her to go Mimi's. But um, something I definitely wanted the epi- to end the episode on real quick here is that uh, no matter what, and I'm trying to I'm trying to find a particular way to phrase my thoughts on this because it's something I've talked about in the past and it's something that I've had to come to terms with. Um no matter what your situation is don't man how do I say this? Don't don't look to other people for validation know know your worth know know what you're about and be about it and that that goes more to than just professionally i i mean that more on a personal level uh something something that i i definitely got really heated about in the past and something that i was so fixated on in the past that now i don't really care about um, is definitely going to be social media stuff. I, in the past year, I've been, like I said, I've just been grinding it out. I've just been doing work, trying to figure out moves on how I can move up, what I can do to make more money for my wife and I, you know, and same and vice versa. Leslie's been doing the same thing. She's been grinding it out. She's been trying to think of ways on how, you know, she can make more money for us, you know? That's what the ultimate goal is, right? Especially as a married couple. That's the ultimate goal is to make sure that you're always in a better spot than where you were at previously. And everything that you guys do is to put you guys at that level. So um, what, like I said, Leslie and I have a phrase. We have whenever we're, whenever we're stressed, whenever we're sad, happy, whatever, we have a phrase that we say to, we say to each other. And it's not like we coined the phrase. It's not like it's anything that we thought up, you know, on our own or anything like that. Um, you know, but it's it's Leslie and I against the world. And, and we always say that. It's me and you, babe. It's me and you against the world. It's us. We're the Claire's. At the end of the day, we're the ones paying our bills. At the end of the day, we're the ones. We wake up together. We go to bed together. We live the day together. Nobody else is getting involved in that. And so I've seen stuff on social media. I've seen other people on Twitter, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. From looking on the outside in, you could definitely see the way some attitudes can be perceived. 
Um, and I was definitely one of them, you know, especially at the beginning of the show. I was very fixated on, I want all the likes. I want everybody to share the page. I want everybody to like it. Why aren't people engaging with it? Why aren't people this? Why aren't people that? You know what I mean? Why aren't people talking to me on Facebook? Why aren't people talking to me on Twitter? Why aren't people messaging me? You know, why aren't the, why aren't X, Y, and Z? I was fixated on it. I needed that. I needed that attention. You know, I needed that. I needed that validation. I needed to know, do people love me? Do people like me? I needed that. But it, it took, it took a lot of, it took a lot of hard times and it took a lot of moments. And especially in the past year, now that I'm back on track with stuff, I don't focus on that shit. I don't think about it. I don't care about it. I don't pay attention to the likes, to the comments, to anything. You know what I mean? Back like I used to. Like if I would post a status that I knew was funny, I was automatically constantly reloading, 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 seeing if anybody haha or heart reacted anything, right? Um, and that was a hard lesson for me to learn. Because I was so fixated on that. And I was so fixated on it even before the pandemic and everything. You know, back when I did, you know, Who Cares? Back when I did, you know, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. You know, back with my metal podcast. Even when I was getting out of high school and whatnot. You know, when I was in college. I was always looking for validation on social media. Why aren't people talking to me on social media? Why Why are my DMs dry? Why are my text messages dry? You know, um, I stopped caring about that stuff. And I have a lot of friends and a lot of younger friends too, um, that I mostly see this in, um, don't worry about that shit. You know, I, I used to be the same exact way. I used to think about, well, nobody talks to me. Nobody does this. Nobody does that. People love you. People are going to talk to you. You know, this things, things have a funny way of playing out and, um, a really good example with that or something that, you know, was right there smacking me in the face that I never really realized is that, you know, when you look at me, when you look at me and LB, you know, the best man of my wedding, you know, definitely one of the greatest friends I've made, period. If you would think with how, with how close we were and everything, you would think that we're blowing up our phones 24-7. I probably text him. And he texts me probably 10 times throughout the entire year. We don't text. We don't call. You know, we don't do anything. And the only time we do text or call, hey, you, you know, I'm, I'm having a barbecue this weekend. Come over. Okay. Or I can't, you know, depending on what it is, right? But, you know, and it's, you know, and I'm being dramatic saying 10 or times. But, you know, I'm trying to emphasize that, you know, we barely text each other. But every time we see each other, it's nothing but love. It's like nothing. It's like we we haven't seen each other in ages, but, you know, it, we haven't missed a beat. When I went to Ramstein with Jason, it had been, we talked about it. It had been three or four months since the last time we spoke or last time we talked to each other. And literally the day of the concert, I picked him up. We grabbed Bill Miller's. We saw the concert. We got blasted. You know, we got super drunk in the night. It's like we it's like we had just hung out like five minutes before I picked him up. Not a beat was skipped in that friendship. My best friend from middle school, Michael. You know, I still stay in contact with him. Same thing. Me and him, we didn't text. Well, we texted a lot when we were younger, but as we got older and stuff, you know, we, we kind of drifted apart on texting. 
every time we text or every time we he just moved back to San Antonio, you know, and I guarantee you when I see him, it's going to be like he never left. It's going to be just like day one all over again. So, um, and I know I've, that's something I've been really working on is I've been trying to communicate more because that kind of shit, it does work both ways, you know, and that was something that, you know, I bitched and moaned and I griped about, you know, and I will post those ugly statuses, you know, as a way to kind of bait people into messaging me. But really, I could have just messaged people. I knew who's there for me. I know. And I was told repeatedly by a million people, you know, I knew who I could talk to. I knew who I could message, but I didn't message them. I waited until somebody messaged me. So if if you have somebody you want to talk to, message them. Technology is nowadays, you don't have to respond right away. It could take a day or two. Just message somebody. I do that now. That's that's the lesson that I had to teach myself. If I didn't like my phone being dry, I had to text somebody, right? I can't sit around and wait for everyone to message me. <laughs> you know? So, and I think just with, with the age that we're in and whatnot, I think it's just like, hey, you know what? People are leaving, people are leading their lives, right? You know, they, they got to do stuff for their family. They got to do stuff to take care of themselves, realistically not everybody can talk all the time you know um looking look you know looking at using this show as an example right you know like uh last year one of one of big a big help of mine a big buddy of mine um you know uh my my cousin-in-law matt you know really got close he really helped me out through a you know a lot a hard amount of times and stuff and Every now and then we'll talk, we'll talk on the phone for a smidge, we'll text each other a couple pieces here and there, but every time we talk, it's like day one, you know, without missing a beat, and I can go on and on and on, I could give so million different examples, but you know, um, the people that listen to the show, I appreciate you, as always, I love you, I appreciate the continued support for everything you've done, not only for anybody listening, but for who cares, can't stop, won't stop, and my my short-lived metal podcast. Um, I appreciate you, every single one of you. Um, your likes, your listens, your views do not go unnoticed. Uh, another thing too, um, I have to give a big shout out to Taurus. He, he, uh, he messaged me, "Hey man, you need to get your shit together." You know, he wanted me to get some new content out. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people have uh, been getting messages here and there throughout the past few months. Hey, hey, fucker, when's a new episode coming out? Put some shit out. You know, I've been I've been getting harassed about it. So it just no, there's a there's a reason to the madness. There's a reason why nothing got um, pushed pushed out. Um, you know, definitely there's been a lot of crazy shit in social media. There's been a lot of crazy shit in pop culture. Kanye has officially gone off the rails. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I can talk about that I can go on and about and we can engage in conversations with. So hopefully I can do that a lot more. Um there's there's a couple interviews that I have lined up that I have written down on a notepad here um, that I want to do. Don't want to spoil the surprise, um, but I definitely have a couple official interviews that I want to do with some people to kind of help build build their brand and kind of put their name out there. There's some stuff out there that I want to do that I want to work on. So definitely the show is always on the back of my mind. Um, it's always going to be there. Um, I'm always going to listen to you guys. I'm always going to make sure I can record and put shit out. Um so that's for all my OG fans. Um, I know since the last time I've posted an episode, I've, I've, I don't want to say I've gained a lot of followers or anything like that. 
Um, but definitely, I do have a lot more people on social media uh, with with Twitter. I became um, I got followed by a lot of Buckeye people. I'm a I'm kind of now in the middle of a Buckeye Twitter, uh, which is always really cool. So I have a lot of new followers there, a lot of mutuals I've been talking to there on Twitter about football and just random stuff and whatnot. Um, people on Facebook, people on Instagram, you know, just kind of that you meet and whatnot. So, so definitely a lot of opportunity there for a lot of new listeners. Um, definitely, um, go back and listen to old episodes, uh, go back and listen to older stuff. If you want to, I'm definitely a changed person from last year. I'm a lot less negative, a lot less angry. So that's always a cool thing too. But, um, but yeah, definitely no. Um, anybody that listened to this episode, I appreciate you. So, um, you know, especially after today, I, like I said, I wanted to give you guys an episode, wanted to give you guys some content. That way you can know the meaning behind uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. And uh, more than likely, that's probably going to be the name of this episode. But um, yeah, no, guys, I appreciate you. It's been a long episode, definitely a lot of content to listen to um, coming right out the bat. Um, but this felt really good. No, I, I'm very happy that I did this. I'm glad I did it. Um, you know, I'm very happy. I'm very proud of myself for, you know, building up my reputation or putting in that effort at work to where I can get an opportunity like this. So I'm very excited. Um, I can feel all your love and warmth through the phone, through the episode. So I appreciate that guys as well. Um, and something too, um, just kind of on a personal anecdote as well. Um, this is just uh, this kind of stuff now. Um, I purposely, I'm not talking about the, the company I'm go to. I'm not talking about the people that I work with. Uh, just specifically, you know, I feel that kind of stuff goes a long way. Um, I didn't talk about a lot of that stuff, you know, this past year and look where it turned out. So, you know, definitely I feel like, you know, knock on wood, I definitely feel that kind of stuff goes a long way when you don't put work out for on social media. Um, I think that stuff really does, uh, play a factor into all that. So, um, I love you guys. If there's anything I can leave you with is just talk to your loved ones, message people, message your homies. Don't be afraid. And as always, message me. You know, you can always message me. I'm always down to talking. I'm always down to chat. You know, I love each and every single one of you guys. So thank you again for checking out the show. Love you guys. You guys have a good one. Deuces.